All right. So welcome back to another episode of a Digital Insurance Pint podcast. I'm Tom Reed, your host. And once again, I'm here with Adam, Steve, and Jeff. Adam Mitchell, CEO of Mitchell & Whale. Steve Earle, CEO of Cheap Insurance. And Jeff Roy, CEO of Excalibur Insurance. Today's episode, ironically being filmed during the day, is what keeps you up at night? So in my case, it's definitely the boogeyman. But uh, <laughs> our guys may have different... Uh, different perspectives on that. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about you know, whether that's regulatory, you know, is it, is it uh, carrier consolidation, vertical integration, what have you, is it, you know, uh, is it rising and or falling multiples, hiring staff, this demographics of your staff, uh, succession, any of those things are on the table. So we'll just uh, go, around the, go around the horn, give everybody a chance at their first, uh, first uh, number one nightmare. And I think, uh, I think I'll start with Steve. We'll start out east. You started with me last time. Did I start with you last time? All right, fuck you. Um, Adam, let's start with you. What keeps you up at night, bud? Uh, Well, I'll go. I'll I'll take the easy one since Steve copped out of this. But, uh, you know, COVID right now. Um, I I think I still worry a lot about the economy. Um, I don't think we've had a lot of negative endorsements and repercussions relative to the, the business. Uh, but I think a lot of people's personal lives have been propped up with stimulus checks and, and, uh, different, different earnings and, you know, or dip into savings. And so I think if we get another wave or another virus or things, I really worry about small businesses and then the trickle down effect of the teams and people they employ, uh, their earning power. Um, I don't think the margins are. Uh, all that big on brokerages, like when we make 12% on auto and 20 on property, um, you don't have to lose a lot of revenue before it's uh, a big problem. Um, so uh, COVID's the one that's currently got me stressed. All right. That's uh, that's a good one. It is amazing how interconnected the economy is when one domino starts to fall, you know, five or six fall, fall uh, very quickly thereafter. Right. So thanks, Adam. Yeah. All right, uh, Steve, you're gonna go last because you declined the chance to go first. So, uh, Jeff, besides uh, besides COVID, and by the way, you're on mute there, but um, but uh, what uh, what keeps you up at night? Uh, I don't know. Forty nine year old bladder gets me up sometimes, but no, <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, uh, there are a number of things right now. Just uh, one of the things, capacity is a bit of an issue. Uh, you know, carriers can't write what they used to write. They've got 30 million rules and some of it's COVID caused by COVID because there's certain classes they don't want to get into, but they're really pulling back on certain classes and it's getting very difficult to write. So that's a bit of a concern moving forward. And, uh, you know, one of the things technology, uh, you know, we, we talk about this all the time, but our companies have not opened up their APIs. We can't connect. Our vendors can't connect. My staff is wasting probably five or 10% of their time. They can't provide the service to the consumer the consumer demands you know if you're on uh, Amazon buying something the experience is easy but insurance has not got to that level and people argue it's more complex but it needs to go like we need to get to that next level so open up the the plumbing and connecting everybody and getting that stuff done and then the last thing is I gotta say paperless or paper free or paper light depending on which term you want to use getting my consumers wanting to go paperless and doing it in a manner that doesn't 
upset them, does not negative option experience them, and hitting the critical numbers to help the industry, that's a bit. That's going to be a bit of a heavy load the next year, two years. So those are some concerns I have, and uh, probably the Red Bull and, and whiskey before bed isn't helping me sleep either. But that's another problem. So. <laughs> Well, maybe if, when you don't sleep, that's that's when you don't have nightmares. Uh, so, um, uh, Steve, what's uh, what's keeping you up at nights? Uh, HR. HR is an issue. Like even COVID aside, um, we're the complexity of the role in meeting the service level standards of the the customer is um, like we have uh, $40,000, $50,000 a year people doing eighty dollars or $90,000 a year jobs due to complexity now. The number of portals that we need to use, the, the different systems, all that. And we just uh, burn out due to complexity caused by our insurers. Uh, hiring is an issue. Just being able to to keep the foundation there uh, on a regular basis of really good people uh, that you can pay, afford to pay well, um, and keep them is 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 a huge challenge. Just all the time, you have these expectations of what you want to do, but to be able to do it is um, it's tough and, and COVID it just it just stacked on a whole other layer of manure on top of that big time. So I, I really worry about uh, our people, our ability to meet our customers' expectations with the resources we have and would then add to that the, the BS that our suppliers throw at us constantly. Uh, paperless, as uh, Jeff mentioned, is yet another example of uh, a complete shit show that they've come out and just announced deal with it. That so, keeps me up at night. Thanks Steve. So I'm interested in um, your comment about the, uh, the paperless thing and, and the impact uh, if I heard that right, the impact is having on, on, on your staff. Um, can you, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, we have to, we're going down this journey of creating yet a unique workflow for one supplier. And as other insurers come about their version of paperless, we'll have to create more unique workflows. There could be some principles and standards with respect to how our industry delivers paperless. I feel, I feel good though. Like one, just to jump in here, Colin Simpson from the IBO has set up a paperless committee. All of us here on the call, Tom, you're not on it, but Adam, Steve and myself are on it where we got a bunch of the insurers together and we're trying to get to the nip it off at the bud before everybody comes out and builds 15 portals that are all different back to when the CZO portal thing failed because certain companies wanted to get an advantage on technology as opposed to working together. And we look at it, the, a paperless as it saves stuff for everybody 
everybody. Let's have a standardized procedure for brokers with all my carriers. As Steve said, I don't want to have to do one way with Aviva and one way with Gore. We need to standardize. And the good thing is CZO is at the table, IBAC, IBAO, uh, all the major companies and the vendors are all there. So we're going to figure out the problems. We're going to figure out the best practices and work through it. We do have one company that's out ahead that we're trying to work with right now. And that's been the stress as Steve points out, because I'm, I've been busy really going at it and I haven't brought my staff in as much because I'm trying to get through a bunch of the problems before I burden them with anything. And I want to try and solve a lot of things myself. So that, that is a bit of a stress. That's a, but the biggest stress right now for us through COVID is trying to figure out something unique and new with tools that probably don't do it perfectly. And there's a lot of unknowns that we need to work through in a short period of time. This was the worst possible time to add another layer of complexity to our staff. So back to what keeps me up at night. So if, I mean, they're not dealing with the paperless thing right now, but we're going to have to deal with it and it will come down to them doing more things or things differently yet again for one supplier again. So and that, those are the sort of things that keep me up. How many brokers are on that committee, Jeff? I would suggest probably about, uh, I would say probably a good 10 to 12, Adam. What do you think? I didn't okay. add it. I was going to say up, a dozen. I would we, got, uh, we, got, we got good representation yeah. from across Canada. Like we've got Steve from the East coast and we've got, uh, you know, and we have CJ Nolan from yeah. Newfoundland. So, so we got a good variety, but we have a lot of Ontario brokers. So the most important thing is brokers are explaining the problems. And in the past, I'll, I'll keep saying this, things have been done to brokers, not with us. We've been a happy afterthought. And now we need to say, hey, companies, vendors, let's all build this together. It's three legs of the stool. And unfortunately, the one leg, the broker one's been busted for years. And the thing's been wobbling all over the place. We've had all these problems, right? So the good thing is we're actually going at this properly with the with the carriers that are at the table and we have a chance to do this right which i'm excited about so so where i was going with that is you got 10 or 12 brokers on this committee which is great however there are about 2500 brokerages in canada how do you think other brokers are going to uh, be able to adapt to some of these new processes well, Tom, we're not we're not we're not there for our needs, we're we're there to to speak on behalf of those brokers. So we're not there to get insight for our own organizations. We need to we need to be there to represent the um, all brokers. Okay, yeah, good answer. We're trying like to build that. a we're trying to build a path forward. Like we said, we're playing yeah. the, we're playing for the name on the front of the jersey and our name in the back as we talk about. And uh, we want to build the processes. Like when we figure this stuff out, we're going to share and develop best practices as a broker. What does it look like when you email a client a link to your portal to the you text it to them? Are you going to attach a PDF? You know, can you legally attach a PDF with security issues? We're going to flush out all these issues and develop different paths for people to help them. And then there's going to be a training and education done for brokers and that's about us giving back and helping the industry to make it better for everybody does this committee have the commitment of the other carriers who obviously want to go down this path as well they have their commitment to not going down that path until such time as things are ready for the average broker to be able to consume it in a in an effective way no it's it's early days so we we just had the first gathering at the table and said who's interested in working together and i would say that was pretty good support for the very first meeting that a number of important people came to the table a number of important markets came together and the general feedback sounds very positive and a lot of compliments on on what colin and team were doing mm-hmm. so 
uh, it, it'll probably be a few more steps before the proposed solutions are out there. So Intact right. is at the table. And then if we're going to name names, I, I, Aviva sent me some information on their paper list. And I actually like that a bit. And there's, there is some choice involved. So th- those are great examples of the two first leaders have done it two entirely different ways with varying levels of choice, but they involve two different processes by our staff and two different workflows. I can't wait for the other six or eight. I just, the one thing about complexity, I just want to make it simple. Buckmaster Fuller, famous guy from the 18, late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, kind of a master of all trades. He talked about you take any number of things and you, you square it, so many problems. So if you have one company and you square it, it's one problem. If you have five companies and you square it, it's 25 problems. So you can see how things magnify. If we have five companies and we have different processors, 25 different combination of things can go wrong. That's what's wrong with this. And that's why I feel like the industry is getting out in front of this finally. And we're actually going to steer it. Catherine and Cesio have a huge role to play in the standards they built, making sure that people adopt them. Well, I mean, we have a standardized auto application because of CSIO. CSIO is the one party that for the broker distribution channel has created standards going way back to when paper forms. Once upon a time, every single company had a different automobile application. They said, well, let's all do it the same way. And CSIO is one of those places where standards live. And uh, in my opinion, they, they have a huge role to play in this because it's a transaction that is no different. There's no competitive um, secret sauce or juice. It's something everybody wants to do. Um, let's just get it done together. And something consumers want. Hey, loyal listeners, when you hear me say CAS certified, that means that we use them in our agency. Are you a local insurance agent looking to take your business to the next level? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, aka Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. But like in today's world, we use these initials like it's cool because it is. And it's hip. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they offer the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing market. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and the guidance you need to see your agency succeed. Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't you survive in the competitive insurance industry? Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions today. Get started today and learn more at mbsbrokerage.com. That's where you learn more, mbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. I, I love the idea of calling it like eDocs for consumers. That's a really yeah. good example of something that we yeah. all take for granted now. It works really well. It simplifies yeah. it. And, you know, nobody tried to Trojan horse eDocs and, and make, you know, a marketing opportunity in it, right? Everybody no. worked together and it worked really well and the industry is better yeah. for it. A lot of money being saved. Well, I'll tell you from my perspective, the, uh, you know, the conversation we had about connectivity and the conversation we are having about paperless are actually one of the same, right? Paperless yes. is just a specific implementation of connectivity. And to be honest, this is a really, really simple uh, 
right. implementation of connectivity. Super simple. Yeah. So this is if amazing. we can't if we can't get this one nailed down, we can't come to agreement on this one. Like why why even bother working on the hard ones? Like this is so simple. That's a great stepping stone to, to then move on to the more complex aspects of connectivity. But totally. you know, whether you call, calling it eDocs for a consumer is great because it it says to people, hey, we did this, we did this well, it worked. Why would we want to try something different? Man? Just keep doing the things that work. Exactly. But I think you need to have stepping stones and milestones. So you got to figure out what is a reasonable time frame to get there. You know, is 50% paperless in year one, 75 in year two acceptable? You know, nobody's, nobody's throwing a metric. Everybody said, oh, we can just go 85, 100% paperless. Well, we have a lot of Luddites that will never get there. So we just need to agree of a path and uh, share and that, that that strategy needs to be developed with a broker and the company as partners and not dictated, but done together. And if we do it together, I guarantee we'll get a better result. Let's, let's not make turning off mail on direct bill a competitive advantage. When you, if it's not viewed as a competitive advantage by one insurer or another getting there first or doing that, because everybody wants to get rid of postage and those costs. Let's just work on that together uh, and take that out of the equation for everybody. But um, there are those who, who, who can't wait, you know, and, and you can't blame them either because it's taken too long. If intact is in fact going to be, you know, given some shit about the way they want to go about this, if anything else, that table met because Intact did yeah. what they did. So they yeah. deserve credit for that. They pushed pushed it and got it. Yeah. That table was created because it had to happen. We learned a level of agility and movement we never thought was possible. And we did things we never would have done because of COVID. So a lot of companies are excited and they have this new ability to do things in, in months versus what would take seven years to do. We just have to do it properly. And we got to watch that we don't completely overload the car, as Steve said, right? Like, so if we, if we need to come up with a bumper sticker for all of these things, can we, can we say that the postage is for Amazon parcels, not policies? <laughs> I like that. That's our new there thing. We we'll have, we'll have bumper stickers on the website after every episode. There you go, Tom. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Parcels, awesome. not policies. Yeah. Parcels, not policies. Hashtag. Yeah. All right. Thanks. I thought one of Paul Jackson's comments from Gore was really cool or thought-provoking to as we were talking about possible solutions or things that are going to come to the table and what will brokers accept and adopt and promote. Uh, I wonder what would have happened if a company like Gore, who doesn't have a competitor to brokers, who doesn't have a direct selling arm against brokers, and would everyone have adopted that a whole lot quicker if they just decided to turn off paper and said they were going to email it? So it is also possible that Gore comes along and you know pushes pushes the market to the point where you know using Jeff's analogy, they snap a ligament and everybody goes, <laughs> you know, you're my fifth biggest market. I really don't care. So you want to do this? You know what? Fuck you. I'm not doing it. When Intact comes along and says, we're doing this, people go, yeah, you're important to me. I'm going to do it. But they went first and they blazed a trail. When you blaze a trail, it's going to get messy. It's going to get dirty. That's part of innovation. All of us on the phone here have blazed our own trail and it wasn't easy. But when you get through it, you know, do you want to go up and follow everybody else's path or make your own path? And I, I give hats off to Intact. They made the path. They decided to go ahead. And there's been some friction with it, but it has moved the industry ahead a lot quicker than it would have. So I think those yeah. are great points, Steve and everybody. Yeah. So tell, tell me the, the last thing that you did that was new 
you know, not, not a repeat. The last thing you did that was new, that went exactly according to plan. <laughs> I always talk about launch, fail, learn, fix. And it's never going to go perfect. And you learn more from your failures than your successes. But a lot of people just in the broker channel has been guilty is we want to get through the turnstile of life with somebody else's push. You want to learn with somebody else's pain. You don't want to do it. And all of us here have learned and we've shared and we've got scars to show for, but we're better for it. So the next time we have to go to battle together with our band of brothers and sisters, we're able to fight better because we went through it we can adapt a lot more. So, you know, what does Darwin say? It's not the strongest that survives, but the most, the one that can adapt best to change that thrives and survives. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think it's, it's, it's important to recognize that when new things are happening to you or, you know, caused by you, it's never going to work well. And never, you know, it's easy to bitch about it, but at the end of the day, that new thing is going to cause, is going to lift all boats. So, um, so yeah, we can bitch about, about intact doing X or, you know, Gore doing Y, but as long as it's moving people in the right direction, it's, it's a net positive in my opinion. Well, and, and that's sadly what brokers are known for by insurers is we just bitch. We don't do much. We just bitch about everything that they do when we get over it. So we cry bloody murder. And then three months later, it's gone. And we cry bloody murder again. <laughs> and then that's it. Bitching yeah. is when you complain with no solution. I think everybody here says, hey, we don't like this, yeah. but here's five ways to make it better. By the way, why the hell didn't you ask us earlier? Because we could have helped you. But that's yeah. just my opinion, right? Like none yeah. of us are bitchers. We complain, but we complain when things are done to us, not with us. Yeah. Okay. So, so kind of what I'm hearing is, and I think we've, we've definitely taught, touched on this topic before, is that connectivity is likely besides covid which is uh, you know a societal issue specifically the insurance industry connectivity whether that's evidenced in rating apis or in paperless or whatever is sort of that biggest that biggest next step that thing that keeps you up at night probably because it's and tell me if i'm wrong here but probably because it's it's causing issues today whether that's efficiency or effectiveness or whatever but also because we all know what we're missing out on we all know the opportunities that would be that that will be available when systems can talk to each other freely. I'll, so, I'll put it, uh, I'll add this to the COVID piece and connectivity. If you imagine if we had decent connectivity and high level efficiency with all of our suppliers pre COVID, how much easier COVID would have been on brokers. I mean, COVID has been way easier on service level standards and everything else on directs and agents because they had those efficiencies. If we had had robust connectivity prior COVID, we wouldn't have faltered. Yeah, great point. Great point. Well, you can see I've, I've had the occasion to talk to a number of brokers and carry reps and it is, you know, I, I haven't actually, you know, put a data warehouse together to analyze all the data, but I can tell you anecdotally that those brokers and carriers that were, more digitally um, savvy and so digitally compliant had so much of an easier time handling mm. things under COVID. You know, those that didn't, they were, uh, they were finding all kinds of flaws in their, you know, their existing work from home or remote work policy that was never tested because they had three guys out of 3000 actually ever use it. You know, those, those carriers and brokers that were already mobile enabled already 
digitally savvy and and so on they they turned a switch and and off they went you know, might have had a couple of bumps here and there but generally speaking sailed right through the whole exercise hey we'll, steve we'll you gotta ask to, uh, you gotta ask the sleep at night again i i stopped recording i just started it again i i asked tom in his in his um breadth of knowledge be it you know he's been on the broker side he's been on the insurer side at multiple insurers he's he's been on the vendor side what is it that he thinks we should be losing sleep over yeah all right that's a great that's a great question i'll tell you um i don't know if i lose sleep over it but i find it super what i find super frustrating and should be keeping brokers up at night is a um to, is it is an unwillingness to experiments and explore and take on new ideas is a um you know a, 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 an overly strong desire to remain with the status quo that that's kind of what i see and i saw that um on the carrier side when we were trying to you know move stuff along with brokers I would, in some cases, almost be begging brokers for ideas. I, you know, I would say, I've got a bag, you know, I've got a budget this big for broker marketing, but I'm not going to give it to you for shits and giggles. I'm going to give it to you because you have uh, a really killer plan. And I never, ever ran out of budget because I didn't get enough killer plans back. You know, when I was um, on, the, on the broker side, it was... I mean, it was, it was very much about, I mean, at that time we were just starting to get into digital and we're starting to push down that road. And, you know, I sat on the Alberta Broker Association board and myself and a couple other colleagues were trying to push brokers down that, down that road as well. Again, just kind of trying to, it felt like we were trying to drag the rest of the community along with us. And then same thing on the vendor side, it's, you know, there's some great products, there's some great things happening. Yeah, none of them are perfect. You know, without, without real carrier connectivity, there's always that sand in the gears but to try to get brokers convinced to move along uh, move along the path and you know really adapt to the future whether that's you know things like COVID or other sort of you know geopolitical issues or whether that's just hey that's what customers want really difficult really frustrating that's 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 the one thing that really sort of uh, drives me nuts I, from what I've seen, I don't, brokers don't understand it takes money to, to make money. So the new EBITDA is different, particularly if you want to grow organically. It's, it's a new space. So, yeah. you know, 1980s, 35% or 30% or 25 or whatever you were happy with trucking along with those days, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to change up your thought around that and actually spend some money if you want to grow. Steve, okay. what is this EBITDA you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give you uh, I'll give you a quick example, and maybe actually for this one, uh, this episode, I'll take the last word because I'll I'll, I'll leave you uh, with a, 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 another answer to your question. So when I was at Aviva, and uh, you know February March rolled around, we're handing out CPC checks. Um, I, uh, you know, so we had 800 broker contracts and I, so I obviously I couldn't go see every broker with every check, but every broker with a sizable check, I personally went to wherever they were and we delivered the check along with my local, local BD guy. And so, so I was handing out some pretty big checks and I had a stock question that I would, that would ask brokers to say, so here's a check for 200 grand, 300 grand, 400 grand, a million dollars, whatever it is. This is essentially pure profit for you. 
you know, you, you don't have to share it with anybody. What are you going to do with the money? And the answer I was looking for was that they're going to reinvest in their business. They're going to buy a better telephone system, they're going to hire more people, they're going to, you know, uh, do some SEO, they're going to do something to build the business. Because that's what I wanted. I wanted them to invest in their business because I was going to help Aviva. And uh, in some cases, I got that. Um, in some cases, I got somebody who was investing in a, uh, you know, a new uh, condominium construction project. That, okay, it's building your business, good for you. Uh, the one that really irritated me, and it, it, I'll, I'll give you the one example, but it, it, there was many, many of this, but the one was very, very specific. And we're handing out a check for you know, a few hundred thousand dollars. And I said, what are you gonna do with the money? And, and the, the broker responded and said, well, I think I might buy another Ferrari. And I sat there thinking, well, that means you already have a Ferrari. So, you know, well done. Uh, but I thought to myself, well, why am I giving you this money? Like, what is the point? Like, so you can have a second Ferrari? Like, really? Why are you not investing back in your business? Let them eat cake. She <laughs> there <said>. you go. <laughs> yeah, and all, them- of us here, all of us here have done major reinvestment. Like, it's important. We're not there by any means, but we continue to do that. So I can see, I can see your point, though. I wouldn't even yeah. say reinvestment for some of us. It's just <laughs> <laughs> still on the initial. We just keep investing. Yeah. We just keep investing. <laughs> but you know, to me, that's that, that's what you got to do. Do you think you think Amazon is not investing every dollar they got? Amazon didn't make money for years. Exactly, but they're now like they're now the richest, you know, most most valuable company in the world. Um, See, that's you know, what helps Steve sleep at night. <laughs> you know what? We'll, we'll talk about Amazon another day. Uh, that'll come to regulatory. I got some thoughts. Yeah, yeah under regulatory. Yeah. But yeah. to me, if you're not if you're not investing, you're not growing, and if you're not growing, you're just fading away. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you. Maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With MBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with MBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast Certified.